Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. There's a little bit of a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory situation for us today as we speak to the world's leading manufacturer of chocolates, mints, and fruity confections. Now, you might have guessed it, we are speaking to Mars Wrigley, the firm behind world famous brands including MMs, Snickers, Twix, and Skittles. Now, with a presence in over 180 countries and nearly, get this, a thousand of its snacks consumed every second, 11 of its brands generate over a billion US dollars each on a yearly basis. Now, in Asia, Mars Wrigley operates as a business unit overseeing 20 markets, a strategic eight being Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, the Philippines and Indonesia. But really, why is this the case and what is then the role of its Singapore business in this regard? Now, also, the firm mentioned that the treat and snacks category is a 32 billion US dollars business in Asia, excluding the large markets of China and India and Japan. But what is then the basis behind that valuation? And how does the firm assess its growth trajectory and aim to get customers to expand their average basket size? And meanwhile, Mars Wrigley also embarked on a journey to digitally transform its supply chain in the prior years. But how far has that reaped cost savings for the firm here in Asia? Lots of questions. And with me, I've got in studio Kalpesh Palma, Regional General Manager at Mars Wrigley Asia. Uh, Kalpesh, welcome. Thank you, TNT, and thank you for having me. Great to have you on board. And uh, Kalpesh, we've briefly talked about Mars Wrigley as the world's leading manufacturer of chocolate, mints and fruity confections. But let's hear from you, Kalpesh. How would you describe the firm's value proposition and business model, and how does it fit in the wider, you know, mass incorporation portfolio, perhaps? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, just to explain, uh, Mars Inc. is a company which has uh, Mars Wrigley as a business unit. Then we have a large pet care business, which mm-hmm. comprises of sub-segments like pet nutrition, royal canine. Mm-hmm. We have a large veterinary hospitals business. We own around 50,000 clinics and hospitals for wow. pets across the world. And we also have a veterinary diagnostic business now. Mm-hmm. And we have a Mars Foods business unit. So that's the construct of Mars Inc., mm-hmm. out of which Mars Wrigley is the business unit which you just mentioned. Uh, uh, globally, if you look at us, uh, we are a family-owned business. Mm-hmm. So the family uh, has empowered professionals like us to manage the business. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the family wants us to think in generations mm-hmm. and not in quarters. Mm. Uh, and that resonates with our purpose of the world we want tomorrow starts with how we do business today. Mm. Yeah. And coming closer to our segment uh, where we sell amazing products like chocolates and uh, gums and mints and fruity mm-hmm. confectionery, it's all about inspiring moments of everyday happiness. Oh. You know, when we meet friends, when we chat with our friends or family members, especially with the upcoming Chinese New Year, mm. we, we, we meet up with friends and we just exchange that uh, pack of M&Ms, mm. you know, or have a bar of Snickers. And that brings a smile on people's face. We are all about that. Yes, the business has huge opportunities Mm. in uh, regions like Asia. What we define Asia is Mm. excluding India and China. Those are standalone business units. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are very important markets for us. But then we are really focused in this Asia business unit on Southeast Asia. Where there are certain countries, many countries with huge potential. Mm. The the biggest promise uh, for the next 10 to 20 years when it comes to consumption, economic development, Mm. uh, consumer progression, channel progression is Southeast Asia. 
and right. we are also lucky to be part of this region based mm. out of Singapore. Right. Don't mind me asking this very quickly, uh, Kalpesh. When we look at your business model, are we looking at mostly B two C model or B two B two C through distributors? Yeah. So so we largely operate through distributors mm-hmm. in most of our markets. But there are certain key markets where we go directly to modern trade customers. Mm-hmm. Now we are in the process of the in the last few years uh, building a e-commerce uh, capability, mm-hmm. and hence we go we work very closely with uh, e-commerce uh, customers also. Right, and uh, I do want to get this question out of the way early on in the conversation as well to set the stage, Kalpesh. What would you say is Mass Wrigley's positioning when compared against your fellow industry peers like? Hershey's and Nestle. How far do you compete with these guys? Chocolate is a happy category. We respect our competition. Mm -hmm. When there are more competition operating in regions like Asia, Mm. it's good for the uh, category Mm -hmm. because consumers get to experience new products, which which, uh, results in market development, Mm. which results in growing the category. Yeah. At the same time, you know, the, our products are so unique. Look mm-hmm. at a Snickers product. There's there's virtually very little competition for it because mm-hmm. we don't change our recipes very frequently. Mm-hmm. Of course, we respect the local nuances, mm-hmm. religion, guidance, etc. Uh, but uh, the recipes remain same, be it in Singapore or Sweden. So the same Snickers bar and hence the continuity of that product experience what we've given mm-hmm. over decades, that's our strength. Mm. So you were saying that uh, taste is part of your positioning. Different brands are positioned differently based on the taste profile of the, the, the goods that they provide in that sense. Yes, and, and over a period of time, you get used to a, a Snickers or an M&M's experience yeah. or an Eclipse Mint's experience. Yes. And then, of course, we renovate, we come up with new variants, but the core Snickers peanut bar or the core M&M peanut variant Mm. It's it's been with us for decades now. It's probably five, six, seven decades we've been selling the same product. And of course, mm. we change our marketing uh, plans, etc. Yeah. But our, our biggest win is the consistency of our product quality. Mm. Okay. And let's talk a little bit more about your geographical presence, yes. Kalpesh. Mars Wrigley present in over 180 countries. I understand revenues are about 18 billion US dollars. Now, which is the most important market for Mars Wrigley where financials are concerned? What is the role of Asia then? We did a study uh, that by 2040, what are the top uh, economies uh, from a, not only from a, uh, from a GDP perspective, but also the snacking category. Mm-hmm. And and we all realize that Vietnam, Indonesia, Philippines are top 10 growth markets globally. Mm-hmm. So we look at these markets as our future markets. Also, you'll be surprised, Bangladesh is also one of the important markets mm-hmm. from a 20, 30 year perspective. Mm-hmm. So these are highly populous market with a very good GDP growth forecasted, very stable countries. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at these markets uh, as our promised markets mm-hmm. for future. At the same time, uh, Countries like Singapore is where we test and learn yeah. because Singapore is ahead of of many other Asian countries in terms of its economic development. So whatever we test and learn today in Singapore, which is what we will implement in mm-hmm. the neighboring Southeast Asian markets in the next 5, 10, 15 years, depending on their developments. So hence, Singapore becomes very important to test and learn, have the right talent. We have the right talent here who can then go across uh, Asia. And one of our big focuses is since a high percentage of our growth 
is mm. going to come from emerging markets. Yeah. Hence, we are in the process of developing Asian Singaporean talent mm-hmm. who can become senior leaders in the in the global business. Right. So it's all about not just growing business; it's also about grooming Asian talent. Right. And uh, you just brought me to my next question, which is when we look at your strategic eight markets within Asia. Um, they are Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, the Philippines and Indonesia. And then one big question is, where is Singapore then in this regard, which you answered, which is it is a hub for R&D, a hub for talent as well. Um, but where your factories are located or where your major consumers are located, you mentioned Bangladesh. Uh, what is the role of the eight strategic markets then? So, so in terms of there are certain growth markets and there are certain mature markets. There are mature markets like Hong Kong, Taiwan, Korea, mm-hmm. a bit of Philippines where we've been here for more than five, six decades. Yeah. And there are markets where we're entering new, which is uh, Indonesia, where we have a smaller business, smaller presence. Uh, uh, Philippines, we have a very good presence, but there's huge opportunity looking at the profile of the country. Mm. So, so these are the markets what we want to grow in future. At the same time, the maturity of our business in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Korea and Vietnam gives us a lot of best practices to then take to these new markets, what I just mentioned. Hmm. So when we look at the strategic aid, they are mostly demand markets. They are not your production markets in that sense. In terms of factories presence, we Hmm. have factories in Philippines, in Antipolo. It's a 50-year-old factory. In Taiwan, we have a 60-year-old factory. We've been there for 60 kids. And then we also import our products from China, uh, Europe, a bit of Middle East also, and Australia. Hmm. And uh, let's take a look at growth in the treats and next category. Um, yeah. very exciting here because you mentioned that this is a 32 billion uh, US dollars business in Asia and we're excluding markets like China, India and Japan. So how did you arrive at this number and how much potential does Asia hold in the longer term? Uh, what is the CAGA we are looking at? So as we move from a confectionery company to a snacking company, mm-hmm. At the outset, what we what we first checked is what's the size of the category. Mm. When you look at this number of $32 billion, it's a mix of salty snacks, biscuits, confectionery, ice cream, all the possible snacking opportunities available for a consumer. So that's the starting point. And that shows us, wow, $32 billion categories mm-hmm. across these 20 markets, what we run from Singapore. And then... What is the growth plan? And the categories look to grow very progressively. Mm -hmm. So it is like a tailwind region Mm. in terms of channels, in terms of brands, in terms of category growth, in terms of the profile of the consumer. Mm -hmm. So that's what excites. And that's why we call it, we we say that the world we want tomorrow starts with how we do business in Asia today. Okay, and there's this point that I do want to mention. We talk about confectionery versus snacking, right? In terms of the product pipeline, what do you think uh, is the difference between confectionery and snack? What does that definition actually expand for you? Yeah, so as as we all start looking at more responsible snacking, mm-hmm. of course, we uh, we we encourage our consumers to have smaller bites you know most of the packs we say is under 200 calories in fact yeah. we are introducing packs which only have 80 90 100 calories mm. so it is a treat mm. it's not a food but over a period yeah. of time as we pivot from a treat chocolate mince mm-hmm. business to more of a snacking business or some chocolate variants like snickers 50 percent less sugar Dark chocolate, almonds. So that's the variant we launched three months ago in Singapore. And that's done very well across our channels. So we moved our portfolio towards those kind of products. We also sell a kind bar in India, a Mm. kind bar in Singapore, uh, which is, uh, again, 
moving towards health and wellness mm. so in future we want to pivot towards such portfolios and such products which are more uh, towards the health and wellness at the same time giving consumers those moment of happiness in a chocolate category but smaller packs over a period or large packs but which can be shared across family and friends hmm If you're just tuning in, we are now in conversation with Kalpesh Palma, Regional General Manager at Mars Wrigley Asia, and let's talk a bit about consumer habits. Kalpesh, I believe Mars Wrigley has a separate unit on travel retail, where they look at a strategy called moment-led strategy. Put simply, it means that when you're at a duty-free store at the airport, they try to reinvent their offerings, particularly those at the counter, to make you spend more and buy on impulse. Now outside of travel retail I know travel retail is a separate business unit but how do snackers consume Mars Wrigley's products that are in supermarkets and convenience stores do they buy it on a regular basis or do they buy it out of impulse On a lighter note you can't go home without buying a pack of M&Ms or Snickers from duty free right uh, that's yeah. that's the code so many of my friends tell me uh, in Singapore so that's more about gifting uh, mm-hmm. or going back to family Uh, with some gift, uh, you know, an international pack of Snickers, M and M's. But uh, when it comes to the local channels, mm. there are so many consumption occasions. Yeah, there's impulse where you buy a pack of Snickers at Seven Eleven, or you buy a large pack for a family gathering from a mm. supermarket. So those are various occasions. What we look at is it a shared family moment, or is mm. it sharing moments with friends in college? Mm-hmm. or at work during a break mm. or just my alone time i'm busy focusing on something and i need a pack of eclipse mints to focus on that and that that's mm-hmm. that's the product experience what we offer so there are many opportunities locally mm-hmm. but then we are very proud of our travel retail business and we have amazing presence and shoppers like to experience that travel retail experience of shopping and and the experience is made so beautiful right so it complements the local business it's more of a apart from consumption is also a marketing moment for us yeah and based on the consumer habits right you you said there are multiple occasions where people consume mass regularly's products what do you think then is the number one opportunity for mass regularly asia to get customers to expand their average basket size you know the world is going through difficult times as we've mm. all seen in the last 2 years hence uh, you know that moment of happiness what brands like uh, mnms offers is amazing mm-hmm. so while as we move and uh, penetrate deeper towards asian households yeah it's all about having that smaller pack of snickers or m&ms available in rural vietnam mm. in rural bangladesh over the next 10 years it's not going to be easy but that's where the huge opportunity lies mm-hmm. uh, for giving people that moment of happiness we are not saying you have to eat chocolate every day mm. have a bar of chocolate once a month once a week that's perfectly fine have a smaller pack if you open a big bar of chocolate i don't want you to have finished the whole bar yeah. split it across 3 uh, days you know mm. so that's what we are saying that it's responsible mm-hmm. snacking but we all deserve that small moment of happiness all in right. today's uh, tough world I guess responsible snacking comes in uh, different forms, right? Responsible in terms of health and also responsible in terms of the uh, the amount of damage it does to your pocket, right, or your wallet. Um, but don't mind me following up on this, Kalpesh. Uh, If we look at the average basket size, right, you talk about targeting the rural areas. What is the basket size right now, or what's the frequency of consumption, and how how far can you increase that in in the coming, let's say, two three years? So, uh. If you look at Asia, the opportunity is huge. Yeah, we we if if we get our uh, product portfolio right, if we are able to 
excite the consumers about our brands hmm. be digitally relevant relevant be uh, when i say digitally relevant not only in terms of uh, digital marketing but also e-commerce as a channel hmm. if you are able to do that and at the same time you give people across the society the product availability hmm. availability is the biggest growth lever for us hmm. if you are able to double our distribution in the next 3 years which we plan to hmm. this huge opportunities for increasing that basket size across uh, uh, Asia. Mm. And I'm just uh, trying to follow up on a point that you mentioned doubling of distribution networks. Uh, where are you doubling that distribution networks? How do you intend to to achieve that goal of doubling it within the next 2-3 years? So so it it is the concept is mental availability. Mm-hmm. That means is the brand is the consumer and the shopper aware of the brand? Yeah, are they aware of it? once they start becoming more aware of the brand then the physical availability comes in mm. so countries like vietnam indonesia philippines malaysia singapore we still have huge headroom to grow yeah uh, we always uh, estimate that singapore is getting uh, difficult to grow but we believe that there are still many consumption occasions as mm. long as we are able to understand our gen z consumers mm-hmm. and uh, our uh, the other consumers there's enough growth in asia sitting for us mm. What is the most difficult thing about understanding Gen Z consumers? If I can try my luck here, I need to get reverse mentoring from you. <laughs> Today, when we started this interview, I thought, okay, I should spend more time with TNT and to learn how her, she and her uh, generation is uh, consum- consuming snacking, mm-hmm. experiencing digital uh, social media, and so next time I need to come and learn from you. Right, and uh, just a side note here, Carl uh, Pesh came in the studio with M&M's sneakers. So that's certainly something that I, I suppose uh, would be very interesting for consumers. You mean M&M's sneakers? M&M's sneakers, as ah. in, you know, shoes, <laughs> shoes. We are talking about shoes here. And uh, meanwhile, Carl Pesh, before I let you go, I just want to sidetrack very quickly to look at supply chain transformation because Mars Wrigley embarked on a journey to digitally transform its supply chain in the prior years. But where Asia is concerned, right, how far has that reaped rewards uh, where financials are concerned? So so sometimes we take our, our, our region as Asia to be uh, expected to be catching up with some other countries when it comes to being uh digitally savvy mm. but actually countries like indonesia countries like korea china yeah. is teaching the whole world how to be digitally savvy mm-hmm. so it is a very nice balance when it comes to digitalization between developed world and emerging markets mm-hmm. so it is not that we need to learn a lot the whole world is learning from asia now mm. and that's where comes the countries like indonesia where you look at uh, uh some of our partners like grab where we we are partnering with them on consumption occasions mm. and that's so across the value chain in in supply we are upskilling our uh, factory staff to be ready for future jobs uh, in terms of field we are looking at image recognition as a technology mm. where they don't have to do the mental count uh, the physical count of uh, mm. share of shelf yeah. but an image recognition tells you that are all my products available on the shelf mm. the sales force is doing a lot of predictive selling yeah. rather than the art of selling so it's more scientific selling so mm. digitalization is impacting every part of our business and mm. there's a big focus in the next 3 years where we we're investing a lot to mm. make sure that our uh, our associates are more digitally savvy and our processes are simplified to capture the amazing asia opportunity what we have 
Hmm. And finally, um, before we let you go, Kamal Pesha, last question here. What are some future plans for Mars Wrigley for the new year? What can we look forward to here in Asia? What's your plan or strategy to get us to spend more? This is the most exciting region hmm. in today's uh, world. Yeah. Uh, so Asia is where uh, the future growth for the next 20, 30, 40 years is sitting. Mm-hmm. Hence, we are in the process of planting the seeds mm. to make sure this is a sustained growth for the next two, three, four decades. Yeah. And if you look at the data, this is the best time to be in Asia. Yeah. You know, and we are excited about that. So we are under pressure to get the right talent, uh, get the right digitalization so that we are able to serve the Asian consumer mm. who, who who really is excited about experiencing brands like Snickers and M&M's. Mm. And don't mind me trying my luck here. It's Chinese New Year very soon. It's less than a month. Any new partnerships, any new products that we can look forward to? We are already in the store. Look out for us in the stores. There's some amazing Chinese New Year mm. uh, promotions going on, not only in the physical space, but also in the digital space. So you'll see a lot of our amazing effort uh, products are coming in look out for the snickers 50 percent uh, less sugar variant mm-hmm. it's an amazing product i encourage you to try it and i'm carrying right. some samples for you in the studio oh that's very nice thanks a lot kalpesh that was kalpesh palma regional general manager at moss wrigley asia thank you very much for joining us on money fm 89.3 before acting on the information on money fm please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance